Welcome to Long Distance Short. I'm Ellie, your host, and we're here because we're either in long distance relationships or curious about them. We're going to talk with real people and experts about the great things in long distance relationships and the tough things. Find inspiration and solutions to make your long distance relationships easier, break barriers in communication with faraway loved ones, and the burning relationship questions that interest you. So let's get right into today's episode and introduce you to our panel. Today our guests are girls from Ukraine, Liz and Luba. They've both experienced long-distance relationship, but what's more interesting is that they are both in international marriages. Hi girls, how are you doing? Hey, just great, thank you. Hi Ali. Hi, everyone. So, would you tell us your stories, how you met, where are you living at the moment, or where your partner's from? Uh, hello, uh, I am Luba. So, I'm originally from Kiev, Ukraine, and my beloved husband is Polish. Uh, after trying to live in different places, we settled in Krakow, Poland. By the way, one amazing city to live in. Uh, long story short, we met in a Danish art school in Germany. I came there from Ukraine, and for that moment, my future husband was working in Manchester, UK, and just arrived to this uh, Danish school in Germany uh, to meet me, I guess. Uh, that's how we met, and that's where our story starts. Yes, hi, I'm Elise, and uh, as Aline mentioned, I'm from Ukraine as well. My husband is Mexican and currently we are located here in Mexico in a nice city called Leon in the state Guanajuato, which is in the center in the very heart of Mexico. Soon we will be traveling back to Ukraine and we will be staying in a nice city called Lviv, right on the border with Poland. And we will be neighbors with Luba very soon. These are some great news, I have to say. <laughs> So, Luba, since you're living in Poland, I assume that you can speak Polish. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. I try to study uh, Polish, one of the most complicated languages in the world. I just visited some courses and then continued studying it here by myself mostly. But when you live in a certain country, it's just so much easier to study certain language because it's around you, you know, on TV, in shop, um, all around you. So we, uh, with my husband, communicate in English, but uh, his parents and relatives do not speak English. So I have to know some, at least basic Polish to speak to them. And uh, as he's my husband, I would like to speak with my, you know, new relatives. So, yes, and it's quite a nice language to learn, I have to say. And have you been ever struggling with learning Polish or speaking this language? Uh, of course. <laughs> uh, it is one complicated language, I have to say. But uh, one thing saves me really a lot because uh, this language is quite similar to Ukrainian. So when I don't know a certain word, I'm trying to say it. Like I try to say Ukrainian word in a Polish way. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's worth to try now. 
<laughs> Do you remember any specific cases like that? <laughs> there were a lot of uh, cases like this. You know, some some words are really similar, like, I don't know, uh, carrot. Um, it's in Polish, markevka, and in Ukrainian, morkovka. The same with Spanish sometimes. Okay, communication, communication, for example. Yeah, transportation, well, transportation. <laughs> I guess <laughs> not even sure yet. Yeah, and in my case, since I'm in Mexico, yeah, I had to learn Spanish. Uh, the good thing that I like the language well, and Spanish is easier when you know already English. And uh, anyway, you know you have no other way to survive in Mexico if you don't speak Spanish. Maybe in some resorts people do speak English as well. But in the middle part, in the middle central Mexico, it's not that easy to express yourself without knowing Spanish. So with all the friends uh, my husband has, we speak Spanish, uh, even though some of them speak English and his parents don't speak any English. And yeah, I had to learn it, but it was not super forced. I was not taking classes for long, maybe a few months, uh, maximum half a year. And it was not very productive. The most productive way to learn a language uh, is just communicate. Just force yourself to start speaking little by little and you will get there. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand you because, you know, uh, for example, we live in Krakow, which is a touristic city. So when we're, for example, in the center, I know that people plus or minus speak English. So I always can use English to, to ask something, at least in the center. What makes you relaxed about the thing that you have to study this language? I mean, not have to, but uh, it's nice to know it. So that's, that's what I was doing to myself, just force myself to speak Polish. They always are so happy when you speak Polish, like, you know, hey, how come you know this language? You're doing great. And I know I'm not doing great. <laughs> You're so self-critical. <laughs> but do you speak Polish at home? As I said, we speak uh, English with my husband mostly, okay. but you know, even we created um, like our own language, uh, which we use uh, only uh, in our home. It includes uh, Polish, English, Ukrainian, a, a tiny drop of uh, Spanish and even Russian. I don't know why, <laughs> seriously. So <laughs> this is normal if, uh, you know, I can ask my husband to go to the shop to get some carrot, burachki, whatever, you know, use some, some words from different languages. Oh my God, he really loved this word in, uh, in uh, Spanish, kaki. So when we need to buy kaki, it's like he definitely buys it. What about your husband, Lisa? Uh, well, he doesn't speak any Russian, uh, neither Ukrainian. We still communicate in English just because it's easier for both of us and we so got used to it. So even if I can say something in Spanish, I don't know why, but we still, I would rather say it in English. I don't know, it just sounds more natural to us. And when I speak to him in Spanish, it feels like something like a foreign, I don't know, language. Even for him to answer to me in Spanish, it feels different. Like if you compare him answering to his family or friends, yeah, yeah. which mm -hmm. is natural. Well, yeah, he, he knows a few words. In Ukrainian, not so many, maybe like 
five in total. <laughs> Russian, he, he bought a book and he was trying to, to learn it and I was trying to help him. But yes, I'm a really bad teacher. <laughs> No, but it's interesting, actually, as you moved to Lvov, uh, maybe he was thinking about, you know, studying some Ukrainian. Yeah, just to say uh, <laughs> tak instead of da, <laughs> he can uh, and ask for some food. Yeah, so the, ma- the basic uh, things to survive. <laughs> okay, yes, good enough for the start. Well, do you think there are any barriers in your relationship because you and your partner... Uh, you just do not use your mother tongue. No, you see, uh, I, I guess for Liz and her husband, uh, it's the same as for us. Mm, English is a foreign language. So for in, in our marriage, so, uh, you know, sometimes it's uh, it's good thing that, that we speak English because, uh, for example, I know myself, I'm quite a talkative person. So uh, when I have to speak English, I have to, uh, you know, mm, translate some words in my mind and it requires time. So maybe I speak, you know, less and slower, which helps, <laughs> you know, sometimes um, during some conversations. Yes, I, I agree with Luba that there are some benefits uh, in speaking English. Um, yes, yeah, you know, neither for me nor for my husband, English is the mother tongue. So, yeah, I, I'm not super talkative, but uh, I can definitely say that when we argue, uh, English is a, is a barrier to say less, to uh, threaten less. <laughs> So, yes, because you you just feel very angry and, and mm-hmm. you start mumbling something in your own language, but he cannot understand that. So it's a good thing. So he cannot get upset of what you say because you cannot is- express yourself as bright as you can in your own language. So yeah, English is, then bene- is definitely beneficial in this case. Do you argue uh, also in a mixture of languages? Uh, yes, it's it's quite funny. Uh, of course, we have the same situation as Liz, uh, like that when somebody's angry, uh, usually, you know, we just cannot stop ourselves and uh, argue, I mean, saying some not nice words and curse, we curse in uh, our mother tongue. But I remember our first argue when uh, just I was so angry that I couldn't remember uh, any words, just couldn't, you know, I just couldn't translate what I wanted to say. And, you know, with this angry face, I went to my laptop, wrote uh, a message, uh, translated it in Google Translator, and uh, my husband is quite tall, so I had to take a chair, stand on the chair, and choke him the message, like, with very angry face, read it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and while he was reading it, you know, he started to laugh, because, like, the whole, the whole thing looked so just hilarious, you know, me, really small, standing on this chair with this laptop, like, oh my god, Luba, where are you? doing seriously <laughs> very <laughs> persuasive <laughs> yes uh, this talk here. um even you know there, there was no no angry feelings after that because it's just you know i guess impossible uh, but you know in time we just started to use um like for example my husband likes uh, courses in ukrainian it's just because they sound uh, funny for him and the same with me the same thing in polish plus um oh, it's easier to sorry but to swear in uh, another language because you don't feel how hard the word is 
for example, when you use it in your native language, how horrible this word is. And I personally feel a tiny bit shy to use it like all the time. But when it's in um, another language, foreign language for you, it's kind of easier to, to use these words. And by the way, does your partner try to kind of learn Ukrainian maybe? How is that going? Well, uh, he's trying um, not so fast. Uh, and it's, it's difficult because the alphabet is different. So Cyrillic for him is really complex. And uh, he doesn't understand why, why R looks like Ya in Cyrillic, why P is R. Why, why this uh, similar but different, differently pronounced letters are just the way they are. <laughs> it, it is a mess for them, uh, for Mexicans, well, for all foreigners, I guess. And uh, he knows a few words. He can say, I'm unemployed. <laughs> uh, he can say that he's hungry. He can ask, he can ask uh, how, how to get to some place. Uh, to the left, to the right, he understands. And uh, where you're welcome. Uh, glad I was uh, happy to meet you. Uh, how are you doing? All this like very, very basic stuff. But sometimes, if he gets an answer that he doesn't understand, the conversation stops. So that's very limited. But he he's he's uh, making an effort. That that's what I appreciate because my parents don't speak Spanish, neither English. So that even this a few few phrases that he learned will be anyway uh, helpful when we come to Ukraine. I know that my parents just dream about, like, I, I'm speaking about my mother. She would love my husband to, you know, study uh, Ukrainian uh, perfectly so she could speak to him in private. And I think that's one of the reasons why he actually does not study, <laughs> not to have this private conversation, you know. <laughs> just Also, like, uh, going back to this conversation with the relatives, uh, um, my husband had just a genius conversation with my grandmother. Just, you know, they, they kind of liked each other immediately. And uh, they used only one word, which meant, meant good. It's like, so he could just come, <laughs> oh, hello, good. And she's like, good. She's like, good, good. And they're like, we're trying to do it. <laughs> different voices, different intonation. And they could do it for 20 minutes, half an hour. I could go somewhere, you know, like just could prepare some food and I could come back to the same place and, you know, there would still be, ha, 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 good, good. <laughs> like, amazing. So lovely. Yes, yes. Intonation is key. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I agree. That, that was just the nicest thing, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, do you think that it's worth insisting that your partner learn your native language, not just uh, in your cases, but kind of in general, well, I would not say it's really necessary, but in my opinion, it depends a lot of the country you live in. So if we don't live in Ukraine, I don't think it's necessary for him to learn Ukrainian. Well, it's nice if he has time, if it's not that uh, difficult for him to do, then yeah, for sure, you're super welcome. My parents would be happy, same as Luba's grandma, my grannies would be super happy. 
because uh, as uh, people of uh, previous generations, USSR generations, uh, they have never been traveling. They didn't learn any foreign languages and I don't think they will. So yet for sure they would want to know my husband better and the only way to do it is if he learns Ukrainian or Russian, which are similar. And uh, well, but uh, I don't think this is the uh, a good reason to force him to learn a language because it takes years, really years to learn Russian or Ukrainian for people whose alphabet is not Cyrillic or who are not Slavic. So the languages are too different. I think if we live in a, I don't know, in let's say Portugal, we would rather study, we would rather learn Portuguese uh, and he would rather learn Portuguese than Ukrainian. He would put more effort because this is directly related to the place you live in, to the people you communicate daily with and your work, of course. Yeah, I totally agree with you because it, it depends on the place you live in. Um, if, if you live uh, in Ukraine, then it makes sense. And also, you know, it depends on your plans, I guess. And so here I'm totally with you. Uh, I, we also thought about it uh, because uh, just for my husband, yeah, it's, it's fun to learn this language. But what should he do with it afterwards? You know, just to speak to my relatives, this is nice enough. But, um, you know... We, we can survive, <laughs> yeah, without... without. Yeah, you can translate. <laughs> yeah, I always can Easy. translate, so uh, I, I think it's not a problem, actually. Going no, just, way. you know, it doesn't make any sense to look for the problem where there is no problem. Mm-hmm. So when, when your parents or your relatives who don't speak Polish or English, when they communicate with your husband, how do you manage that? Like, uh, are you the only one who could translate or do they use a vocabulary? I mean, a Google translator or something yeah. like? Yeah, it depends where, where do they communicate. Uh, when um, we speak in real life, of course, I translate everything. And that was quite... Uh, funny at the very beginning when I didn't speak Polish because now I can you know directly translate from Polish to Ukrainian uh, or you know to English if it's necessary Uh, but uh, going back to at the very beginning of our relationships when our parents got to meet each other that was quite a mess because we were sitting at the same table and for example I don't know uh, my husband's father could you know tell a joke uh, then he laughed and like then my husband had to tell me a joke in English then it I laughed because it was funny and then I had to translate it to my parents and then they laughed <laughs> so like that was quite a, like, yeah. quite a stupid conversation we were sitting in this restaurant and there was like this you know we have this game broken radio where each sentence had to be translated in three languages this way and another so um that was quite weird so i'm really happy that i I can translate directly now yeah in my family the only one who speaks english is my sister and her boyfriend so i guess it will be a little easier than in your situation because at least there is a one or even two more people who can help me with the translation when uh, my boyfriend comes with me to ukraine uh, with my friends will be easier, I suppose, because my friends, um, I think 
all of them, um, almost all of them speak English. Uh, if not perfectly, at least uh, they can express themselves, um, well, the basic things. So it's already some communication and I think it will uh, simplify his life uh, a little because at least there are going to be people who would understand him and uh, he can uh, be friends with. So when you go to a new country and you don't speak the language of the country and uh, the, your wife is the only person who could help you, who could translate to you, is is very difficult. But if you have people around who also speak English, like my friends, uh, I I hope that it will make his life easier in many in many cases in many situations. Like of course it will not help him in the supermarket or in a mall, but at least uh, he will not be silently sitting when we all having fun. Yeah, I totally uh, would hear on this because you know we have some experience with my husband because we lived. Uh, for some time in Kiev and I had this fear that uh, I will be the only person around who can communicate with him but you know it turned out to be okay because all mostly young people uh, speak English and uh, there is nothing uh, nothing bad with it. Okay and uh, before you moved to Krakow uh, had you been living apart from each other? Um, yeah, so uh, going back to uh, the very beginning of our relationship, um, okay, we both, uh, you see, got a scholarship in this Danish school, and it was a five-month courses, uh, but I could stay only for three months due to my visa, and uh, when my visa ended and I had to go home, um, of course, it was a real heartbreaking moment for me, and uh, I had no idea if this relationship will survive, but if you both sincerely want to make it work, no borders can stop you. So uh, after that, when I went back to Ukraine, I had to stay there for three months. And um, our secret, I guess, is everyday Skype. Uh, here are no jokes, everyday Skype with the no exceptions, seriously. It just makes it work, I think. It doesn't matter how tired you both are, it will be for a few hours, or it will be a five-minute Skype. You just have to do it every day, seriously, don't be lazy. It just was something new for me, because to tell you the truth, I never thought that I will get a boyfriend from a different country and then would be happy enough to marry him. It's just, you know, the way it works, I guess. Uh, if you um, start to live your life uh, in your country without this person, you feel comfortable. You start to hesitate. You start to think, do you need this stuff? Do you need this person? Maybe you feel comfortable with your life. And uh, when there is a person, um, you know, with whom you can get in touch, uh, who knows everything about your life, um, it makes you both closer. It makes you feel like um, you live together all these moments, you know, and this is very important. Uh, because once you start to enjoy your life by yourself and start hiding things, I mean, um, just maybe you think, you don't hide it. You just think, mm, maybe he doesn't need to know that I had a great time over here or like, I don't know, enjoyed this uh, theater play or something. No, uh, in our in case, you know, we knew every little detail about each other. And uh, 
personally for me, I felt like, you know, I really live with this person. I know what's going on in his life. I felt like living in Krakow and he felt like living in Kiev because of all the stories, this everyday Skype. What about you, Liz? Did you have an experience like this? Yeah, I did. Uh, not for long, for only two months when I went back to Ukraine to visit my family and friends and also for work. And uh, yes, the difficulty was that the time difference, the time zones, because it's eight hours or in uh, winter it's nine hour difference. So it's not easy to find uh, an hour which is suitable for him and for me at the same time. Uh, it's mm -hmm. usually, it was usually either too early for him or too late for him or the opposite for me. Uh, because of the different schedules for work or different um, time zones. Uh, but we survived, yeah. I agree that uh, the communication is key. And uh, what I recommend that uh, you keep your partner constantly involved in your life, share everything you do, who you went out with, uh, what movie you saw, etc. So, yeah, in this um, in this situation, and in cases like this, your partner feel feels more involved in your life. Uh, he may feel like a part of it. Uh, same for you. When you hear and you know what your partner does, you you feel secure. You know that he's always like you almost feel that he's always around. So yeah, it was, was difficult for both of us. Yeah, I also remember that uh, even uh, with all this Skyping and knowing everything about each other, when you meet in real life, um, we needed at least a couple of days to just get used to each other, you know, because it's so weird. You so get used to this little picture in your laptop and suddenly there is a real human being standing next to you. Uh, this, this is quite interesting. And also the second thing I have to say here that it's totally, you know, all the credits go to my husband because he used any possibility uh, to be together in a real life. Um, though we had more experience in this long distance relationship, uh, we um, uh, kind of, you know, tried to spend as much time together as possible. I mean, in real life, for example, he took uh, a plane to Kiev as soon as he could. He stayed as long as he could. Um, when he left, again, it was, you know, a lot of Skyping. Then uh, he kind of created this visa for me and took me for one month to one place, another place. We just, you know, tried to make it work, whatever. It doesn't matter the place, doesn't matter the time just to spend a tiny bit, just some, 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 I don't know, a few days together. Um, but um, I have to say that it also helped that time to time, we just needed to break this, uh, you know, wonderful Skype relationship uh, and meet in real life. Because also um, in Skype, you do not see um, routine. Why I was telling about the school because everything was arranged over there. And when you have to live with a person in real life, cook together, clean up places together, uh, just create what to do today, it's uh, also at the very beginning quite an effort. But if it goes fine, then you feel your person. And uh, on the other hand, you know, uh, I think that both sides always have to try to make it work, try to make an effort um, 
because it just doesn't go easy. I thought that uh, if two persons click, it just goes smooth from the very beginning, but it doesn't. <laughs> Somebody has get a person with like, you always get a person with certain habits and uh, um, you have to see these habits in a regular life you know, before uh, saying yes next to the altar. <laughs> yeah, habits and action. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the Skype uh, is not enough. Uh, I, I, I think that the best thing is just to try to spend as much time as possible in real life as well. Yes, and I, rem I just remembered that when we were apart from each other, when we had distance relationships for those two months, uh, yeah, I remember one of us had to go to bed very late and the other had to wake up very early uh, and the vice versa. So we were constantly doing these things like I go, uh, go to bed at 2 a.m., which is late for me. Uh, he had to start waking up at 6 or 5 a.m. And we were, we were doing it for two months. So it was in a way difficult, uh, but it helped us a lot. And I agree with Luba that both parts, both parties uh, need to put a lot of effort to make it work. So summing up, what advice would you give for international couples? Like something really striking, the most important thing to do. My advice would be uh, to don't pay attention to the language you speak because this is not the only thing that make people connected or disconnected. The language is just a source of communication, but uh, I know many stories when a couple speaks five languages at the same time and they don't click, they don't match, and or you speak one language and you don't match, uh, and at the same time you can speak a foreign language, such as English in our case, and you can understand each other perfectly without knowing some particular words. So it really depends on people and the effort you put in. Okay, I uh, would give this advice. I mean, I would say that you should not be afraid of this international relationships um, because if you feel that it's your person, then fight for it. Thank you so much, girls. It was a real pleasure to talk to you and uh, it's great uh, knowledge that I think not only me, but everybody um, can get. So I hope all the international couples that strive to be together, they will get what they want. <laughs> um, and of course, I wish you good luck and uh, hope that everything will go well, of course. So, so yeah. thank you. God. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for today's episode of Long Distance Short. If you enjoyed it, let us know. Subscribe and tune in each month for more advice and inspiration for long-distance relationship success. If you didn't like the episode, write us at info at givethebaskidsoverseas.com and tell us why. And if you have ideas and questions for an episode, tell us about them. We just might hear your question answered or even end up on a panel with us. See you next time and we'll keep exploring how to make 
long distance short。